But don't we already know that iRobot takes out, tries to take over the world? Is it wasn't that what that movie was about? No, iRobot becomes self-aware and tries to market the shape of your house. Ugh, jeez, I know. It's gonna team up with my microwave and give three D imagery of the inside of my house. It's an excellent microwave, all the starting crockpot. That's right. <laughs> no, to stop your crockpot from killing your family. It turns out that it's iRobot versus the crockpots. That's the future we live in. You're listening to PHP Ugly, episode 70, recorded August 1st, 2017. Today we talk about Laracon, surveys, and doom and gloom. Here we go. Coming back at you, like the bell-bottom fashion statement of 1970, it's PHP Ugly, episode 70. Coincidence? I think not. Absolutely. <laughs> Wait, John, it's our platinum, it's our platinum the episode. Where, where's the story? You know, that was... I was, I was going to work. I had a whole uh, uh, T-70 t- story. So the T-70s were the Terminators, the first Terminators. They were like the foot soldiers that had the humanoid shape that were designed to kill the humans. And I was going to do a whole, you know, destroying your life like a T seventy lead in, but I yeah, don't know. it would have gone, it, would have gone poorly. Took, it just took too much effort, so I just went with bell bottoms. It just seemed like it, a, a an easier sell. And speaking of intro, I still haven't heard anything from you on the last intro. I mean, come I on. was very impressed. Hey, listen, you 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 did the the sound effect. You you you. Wow, that was perfect. I liked it. I liked it a lot. <laughs> Those are big shoes to fill. I gotta tell took you. some editing. Took some editing dancing, but uh, got it done. <laughs> How is everybody doing? Happy to be home. Oh, That's I got a sure. fan I need to turn off. You guys didn't even tell me I had my fan going. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. Yes, happy to be home. All Why, right. where you guys been? So let All me... Over the place. Let me get a little bit into my backstory because I, I had some people approach me about why I got fired from PHP Ugly and what the story was behind that. So let's let's backtrack a little bit and bring everybody up to speed. Well, uh, you were a diversity hire in the first place. <laughs> you just needed a good looking face? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen. So as many people know, especially regular listeners of the show, John, Tom, my close friends are well aware, uh, my father suffered a stroke a few years back. Um, He was never really able to recover from the stroke. His health had been diminishing for the three years. Uh, That's why there were a lot of times where I was doing podcasts from Arizona. I was constantly going out to Arizona. That's where he lives, um, helping care for him. Uh, my mom and sister uh, cared for him fantastically for for the three years. Um, unfortunately, a, a few weeks back, his health started to diminish more. Um, we packed up the family. We went out to Arizona. We stayed out there for a while. We stayed with him. Uh, it was actually a fantastic experience. Uh, my kids got to speak with him. He was very... Uh, conscious and and understood who everybody was. I I mentioned before dementia had been setting in, um, but he was aware of who my children were, who we were. He was able to have conversations with them. 
and a few days um, after that, he he passed away. So it's uh, you know it's been tough. You know, a lot of internal things going on. Um, very personal pain. You know, it's one of those things a lot of people go through. I wasn't. You know, it's it's this weird sensation I have because um, I'm not dependent on my father. I don't work for my father. I actually don't go to him for advice. Or I hadn't gone to him for advice in a very long time. Um, but I love him. He was a good man. Uh, my father, I mentioned in the past, um, worked for the NSA. And he worked for the NSA back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s when it was a very secretive organization. So my dad never shared with me what he did for a living. It was very... I, I never had that piece of my dad's life. His professional life was separate from family life. And it was kind of a good thing because when he came home, he was home. He never brought home, work home with him. He couldn't. He never spoke about work, anything. And that's where uh, my connection with my dad and baseball really thrived. Because when he was home, the one thing we did was play baseball a lot. Uh, my dad was a fantastic person. I'm going to miss him deeply. Um, and you know, yeah, it hurts. Uh, I appreciate everybody who's reached out to me with their prayers, well-wishing thoughts, all that stuff. It's meant a lot to me and my family. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I've had a leave of absence, not, not only from PHP Ugly, I, I've had a leave of absence from Lair Chat Live, uh, because, because of this. And, uh, and it was tough because, uh, when my father passed, it was only a few days after that, I had to uh, head to New York to um, Laracon. And I, I was I was personally not, I, I was going to pull out. I talked to John about it. John was fine with me pulling out. He was going to, to represent and all that. So, but my mother and my sister was, they were very insistent that, you know, it, it was what my father would have wanted. Uh, because of my dad's condition and how slow he you know, diminished. Everything was taken care of ahead of time. Uh, when he passed, there wasn't anything we had to do. Um, my mom already handling the bills. Everything about the handling of his physical body had already been arranged. So, so I went to Laracon. Whether it was a good decision or not, I, I don't know. Um, I went with my wife. It, it was a planned trip. We actually left early. We left the weekend before. The time I spent there with my wife was very therapeutic. Um, we had a great time. I was very subconscious about how good of a time I was having. The time I actually spent at Laracon was tougher. Um, there was a lot of new faces, a lot of conversations, and I struggled through that. Uh, after the first day, I kind of told John I didn't think I was going to go back the second day. Again, he was very understanding and accommodating. Um, I, you know, decided, you know... I'm going to go back. I, I I really wanted to go back. And so I did go back. Uh, I did feel bad. Like I know the layer check guys came out. Um, Sean and Matt came out from Canada. Um, and there were a lot of things they wanted to do uh, before and after the conference. And I just wasn't in a good space for it. And uh, so I kind of ended up blowing them off. Uh, John and I actually didn't hang out. I mean, he had his family out there as well. I, I met them for for lunch one day, and I think that's the only time we hung out. And but it was good. So appreciate everybody who who you know. Again, this hasn't been a secret. I I made mention of it on on Twitter. Um, appreciate everybody who reached out to me. If you didn't know, 
you know, don't feel bad. You know, if if I acted a little weird at Laracon, that's probably why. But yeah, so that's 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 catching everybody up. So I wasn't fired from PHP Ugly as, as a couple of people have asked me about. I can't be fired. It's my show, and nobody gets paid. So <laughs> this was his brainchild. That's for sure. Uh, our we we worked on this together. It's our brainchild. We did. Yeah. Oh, I think. Well, I think we no, did. I mean, it was his brainchild from the very start. Like, he's kept pushing, gotta do a podcast, gotta do a podcast. He came up with the name and everything. Yeah. So, but we're back. Yeah. And he so does like 80% I... of the talking. <laughs> so, the idea is we'll get back on our schedule. <clears throat> we're recording early this week because we hadn't recorded. John, Tom, you guys did a fantastic show. The one show I missed. I thought that was, it was weird. It was great listening to you guys and knowing that, you know, I was a part of it, but it was good. Yeah, there was a lot of us going, uh, so what's going on? <laughs> well, you edited, edited well. I, I popped on briefly. I like, as soon as I logged on, I heard, uh, I heard Thomas say, we have so many watch people watching. I wonder if any of them are Eric. I'm like, yeah, no, not me. <laughs> and then I then I dropped off a little 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 time afterwards. So I, it was funny to hear that you kind of caught caught that. Yeah the uh, the silence reduction filter cut the show by about fifty percent. Just just that it, one tool. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it did make uh, us appreciate you a whole heck of a lot more. That's for sure. Yeah, I ramble. I talk a lot. I know. Not a bad. So, what's what's everybody been up to? I mean, I know what John and I have been up to. Thomas, before John and I get into our rants, what have you been up to? Well, oh god, you're gonna be so upset. Uh oh. I'm I'm learning Java for a cryptocurrency certificate. (laughs) Okay. Well, you're going for a cert. Yeah, it's actually um, it's a Princeton uh, course through Coursera, and uh, week one is all about the fundamentals of the blockchain and the math behind the blockchain, and then uh, the homework for that week is to write a blockchain application in Java, and I haven't done that part yet. Yeah, <laughs> is this That's a course the... you're paying for? No, it's Are a free course. It's a free course. Uh, it's the cryptocurrency uh, course from Coursera, provided by Princeton University. Um, it's a video lecture series. takes about two hours a week and then four hours of, of quote-unquote homework. Um, if you know Java, uh, 30 hours if you don't. And <laughs> yeah. That and, and just, uh, just trying to keep up with all the uh, doom and gloom news that comes my way now. Because, oh, good lord, it is, it's, it's been a nasty two weeks, doom and gloom wise. Yeah. So you, you could be the, you could be the mooch. The mooch has had a job for like what ten days. No, yeah, he, he even officially started. He, oh really? Oh really? <laughs> he, he, he was, yeah, he was fired on his start date. Um, yeah, the whole, his whole career as the White House chief of of, of communications, communications occurred mm-hmm. in our. Uh, Two week break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure did. So yeah, we didn't even get to have the conversation of uh, what about this mooch guy. 
Alright. Uh, well, we're not, like, we're like not going to turn this into a... We're not going to turn this into another blockchain episode. No, but what's we're going to move this on. Bitcoin, BCC, Bitcoin Cash fork. Oh my goodness. Um, who, who, who understands it? How? Yeah. Partially nobody. understand it? Just so nobody they, knows what's going to happen for us. Is, yeah. is this related to that, that incident that we talked about some weeks back? No. No, this okay. is a hard this is a hard fork of the Bitcoin blockchain to support uh, continued development and mining and all that sort of thing. And uh, a lot of the guys really high up said a hard fork in this manner is unacceptable because it'll right. take too long to implement. And <clears throat> two days ago, it got implemented, and everyone cheered. And it turns out that the guys at the highest level were essentially wrong. That the fork, the hard fork, was very easily done. The community just did it all on their own and said, you know, screw you guys, we're going to do our own hard fork. So now there's Bitcoin Cash, which is the failure to fork, and there's Bitcoin, which is the forked new version. But uh, okay, so, it's pretty. So, so Bitcoin Cash, when you say it, it was the failure to fork, what do you mean by that? Uh, clients who didn't want to accept the fork uh, just didn't update their software to mine on the new fork. Okay. So they're continuing to mine on the old fork, on the old branch, and they're calling it Bitcoin Cash, and it's now a new blockchain, uh, which got officially established as a new blockchain yesterday. When they I, I thought it was the I, other way around. I thought Bitcoin was the one staying, and the Bitcoin nope. Cash was the fork. No, Bitcoin Cash is the original algorithm. All I know is Coinbase is not recognizing Bitcoin Cash. Are they? I can't which do is one of Bitcoin Cash. Right, which is one of the reasons why it's being considered such a successful hard fork is because the people who tried to stop it from happening essentially failed, and no one is going along with them. Except, except a lot of the Asia market, from what I understand, from from my little research. Yeah, it's, what they're doing is sort of east versus west. They're doing a lot of uh, betting on on things changing or not changing. the The Asian market, you you literally have people flying, the renting airliners and flying video cards out to the Asian market to mine in China and things like that. So I need I need a, I need a, I need a, okay. I just played a sound effect. That was the end. Of cryptocurrency talk, <laughs> <laughs> you, you had you had your four minutes. Here. That's acceptable. It's that a good works. block, good block size for communication times. Anybody interested in listening to this podcast? I am doing a live stream, a, th- a three sixty live stream of our live stream. It's a whole meta thing. Uh, Except we're go, not on air. If you go to sh- Go to my Twitter feed. You'll you'll find it in there. Show come S H O C M, and you'll find it in there. Yeah, uh, and you'll see you'll see what you can't see from our normal feed, which is that Eric is not wearing pants. That's right. That's right. It's a three sixty view. You can you can look all around my naked body. So. <laughs> all right. So John and I, we were in New York City, New York City, New York City last week for Laracon. John's first. Laracon. John, first impressions. Mm, do I be honest? Sorry, Taylor. Not a fan of it. Uh, mm-hmm. If it weren't for Eric and other people telling me how great it was last year, I would definitely not be going back. 
So what was wrong with it? All right. So I've got to tell you, quite honestly, 90... No. No. You know, I thought about this so long, whether or not I wanted to try to be PC on this and try try to, like, walk that line and not offend anybody. But I have a feeling that's not going to work because I'm going uh, to offend people. I don't know that it's so much offending, but I think... Uh... People that run conferences, they want your honest feedback. They want to know what worked and what didn't. It's, I guess it's more the fact that we are, how we're going to talk about it. <laughs> so drunkenly, let's, let, let's start first with the facility. It was held. At, it was held in this theater, on, uh, in New York City. It was a theater for plays and stuff. It was not designed to host five hundred geeks for eight hours at a time. I mean, the it just was. It wasn't comfortable at all. And the the way the seats were arranged, the middle section of the theater was what you would expect in a theater. It was this long row of uh, seats that... So first off, I'm a large individual. I'm tall. I'm about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and I'm large. I'm 350, 350 plus. I wasn't fitting in these seats. Uh, we ended up moving to the front row. Now, I was there with Sean from uh, Lair Chat. He's taller than I am. He has to be pushing. What do you think, John? Six seven. Jesus, oh, somewhere around there. You guys, he's he, he's definitely tall. He, he's taller than I am. We had to move to the front row just so, so that we could sit with with some you know so we could sit. Like we tried sitting in one of the rows and there was just no room. It was it was horrible. But that aside. You know, again, you have all these guys trying to work on their laptop, no power anywhere, all trying to work on their laptop, barely elbow room. Marcus Moore was there. He's a member of the San Diego Laravel group. He's more of an average size individual, maybe a little shorter than the average man, very thin, and he was uncomfortable in these seats. (laughs) Very thin, kind of weak, can't really hold (laughs) his own in a fight. (laughs) <laughs> um, the, the, the seats that were in the middle, like I said, long rows of seats. So if anybody wanted to get up, that entire row had to get up. There was just no way around it. You couldn't step around people. You just couldn't. So that's and I think Taylor, it's meant for a play. Like a I think Taylor was play. aware of this too. Uh, afterwards, he, he very quickly after the Lyricon tweeted out that he was already in discussion with two other venues for next year. Well, it's, that was supposed to be because there was such a big wait list yeah. on on tickets because the venue was just too small for the number of people, not necessarily comfort-wise. And the and smell. The, the, the yeah, other then... big thing with with Laricon was you guys were telling me how it's a single track and how great that was, and that's always confused me because the nice thing about multi-track is I can pick and choose what I'm going to see. It sucks when there's two great talks back or next to each other, but... Oh no! If I don't want this one, I can go to something else. And was there something you just, just sat through that you didn't enjoy at all? Well, okay. So this year they did the the science fair. So it was basically not really a track, but if you didn't want to sit through the main talk, there were kind of lightning talks going on in another room. The nice thing about the site uh, Lenercon.us is you could go on there and see what was going on in the science fair. The problem was. For all the main talks, there were no descriptions. All they told you was so-and-so was presenting. They gave you names mm. of people, and you had no clue what they were going to present on. And, and again, if you went so to how the do science you choose? fair... Right. 
and if you went to the science fair and you saw like one to- first thing the science fair was a fantastic idea i think they need to expand on that a little bit more i i, I don't know how much how many talks went of the, the science fair because like john said you you didn't know what the what the person on the main stage was talking about in if you ended up going to the science fair, now I guess you could have, I guess they went through a lot of the talks on Laravel News podcast, but you're there at the conference. I want to be able to pull up something and read it. I don't want to have to listen to a dozen podcasts the week before to understand what everybody's talking about. It should have, it should have been written out somewhere. There should have been a program. Well, and but that's the idea behind the conference it. too, is to condense it so that people can get the most out of the least amount of time. And if you went to the science fair, you maybe you saw one talk that you want to see in the science fair. You couldn't get back in the main auditorium because there's just there was just no way to maneuver around people. There's no way to get to a seat. It was very uncomfortable. And then, you know, I'm going to expand a little bit more on this because I I have been on record for years now talking about how much I love this conference, how much I love the single track. But I got to be honest. First thing, the talks were, eh, there were a couple of really good ones from people that you would expect. Adam Wathen gave a great talk. Um, friend of the I, show. I did a, friend of the show, Adam Wathen. <laughs> um, but there were a lot of talks that were just kind of like people talking about their project. And I'm like, okay, that could have been over in the science fair. Why are you up here? So there was like no structure to the conference itself. It wasn't focused on business development. Like, like, hey, are, are you trying to are you trying to start a business with Laravel development? You know, let's focus on that. It wasn't focused on community. Matter of fact, not only was it not focused on community, not there was no mention of community, which irritates. I'm a big community person. Irritated me to no end. Taylor never stepped up. T- Taylor never really even gave a state of the of the Laravel address. Like there was he no did his five, there. right? He did his five five talk, and he talked a little bit about how it's the most downloaded project on GitHub. But there was no juice. There was no information. There was no hey, you know, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. This is there. It wasn't there. And and there was no there there wasn't that structure in the conference. It just seemed like these random talks of people who wanted to talk about stuff, and they were in the know with the Laravel elite in their circle to to get a talk. But there was nothing like as as a community person, there was nothing there for me. As a business person, there was nothing there for me. The talks were weak. I mean. I, 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 you know, I hesitate to say that because I know how hard it is to give those talks, but it just, there was nothing to them. Most of them were just, a lot of them were just talks about, talking about their project and what they've done with Laravel, but not really giving it any structure on, you know, hey, these are the challenges we face. These are, these are the tools and how we implemented them. It was tough, man. I, I, I was, I, I was pretty disappointed. Hmm. Very gotta, little, gotta very honest. little, like, yeah, very little down deep into code or how yeah, to and do I, things. I, I think one of the things that is sort of moving me away from Laravel lately is the infighting in the community and the sort of intentional, almost fear of enterprise level support. Uh, I'm, I'm amazed at how. Enterprise is dodged 
by Laravel, almost as if it's it's a, something that that Taylor had a bad experience with and never wants to go back to. You know, um, because there are there are things with Laravel that that I keep running into um, on upgrade paths like five point three to four to five, where I just go, wow, it's it's a complete rewrite of the system in a minor revision release and what does LTS even mean at this point if 5.1 is this, the current LTS version? I... You know, yeah. I, you know. It's tough. It, 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 it was it was tough. Again, I was there with the Larichat guys. Yeah, they were trying to make a pretty big presence. They've long tried to... They, they have the Larichat Slack channel and they've long tried to be the community hub for Laravel. And they get zero almost no recognition uh, i mean at least last year taylor mentioned laravel slack um and i mean just him mentioning it, it had this huge spike in people logging into the slack channel there was no mention of any of the community efforts no user group efforts no laravel chat efforts nothing he didn't there was zero mention of any of that from anybody on any level See, and I, I would expect that to be in the keynote. I would expect the keynote to specifically call out community members who were influential or at least trying to create a community and say, over there's these guys, over here is these guys, over here is these guys. Uh, that surprises me a lot. <laughs> yeah. So John just pointed out we never started broadcasting our stream. I've he pointed, out, he pointed that out a while ago, yeah. <laughs> When, I've done it. In, you... I, I've done it in Slack earlier, and I did it on the show, and now I'm doing it again on Slack. Like, hey, you ever gonna start this thing up? Should I start yeah. it, or should should we just not? No, we it? got the 360 stream today. Ah, oh, fuck it, I'm starting it. Hey, welcome to PHP Ugly. <laughs> episode where, 70, where the you... platinum episode. Where are you mentioning this in Slack? I mean, you, you uh, mentioned it to me, but in the Lara chat, in the Lara chat Slack, of course. No, wait, privately in ten oh six. Oh, ten oh six. We are off air. Oh, <laughs> fifteen minutes you, ago. Because I, I just asked you a question. You know what I thought that was saying? I thought you, I thought you fat fingered that, and you were saying when we're off air. I thought that's what you were saying. When we're off air, I'm like, no. That's why I'm asking you in Slack. Do you want to talk about this now or not? <laughs> I'm glad you guys are dedicated this much to giving me a funny intro to use. Oh my gosh. <laughs> why do you keep saying when we're off air? We're always off air and we talk about it. I know that. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, poor Thomas will get a kick out of this after the show. <laughs> he knows what oh. we're talking about. He just doesn't know that he knows. I, I'm sure I okay. know. Okay, now he's... No. <laughs> Alright. So, so that was Laracon. That was Laracon. Before for and after for, for me were... I... Yeah, before and after for me were great. Uh, beforehand, my, my kid turned one. So, had mm. had my, my dad and stepmom from upstate New York come down. My wife's parents flew in. Uh, great friends flew in from San Diego... Great friends drove in from Long Island. The Nobody great from Colorado. From San Diego was, John was, was. I invited him. He said no. 
No? No, I don't like you that much. No, it's too late. I knew the seats were going to be too small. No, so Eric Eric joined me for my kids. It wasn't really a birthday party. We went out to a nice uh, lunch. Well, he's one. You don't don't need a birthday party for one. No, but it it wasn't planned. It just kind of happened. So Eric joined us. We went to this diner where they they were singing songs, and the the kids all had a blast. Yeah, so did Eric. Good. He was he, Eric was dancing uh, I was, around. I was gonna steal your kid, man. I was ready to take your kid <laughs> and take a nap. Kid was liking me. So. Hey, your I, kids I are cute. I got teenagers now. They're full on into it. Jesus, <laughs> it it is. Oh, uh, I don't. I full I, on I into what. I can't even I can't even get into to teenagers because it's it's every joke that's ev- ever been made by a comedian ever. They are exactly what society says teenagers are. <laughs> Drives me crazy. But all right, so before before we wrap up with Laraville, Laracon, let me just say it was fantastic meeting people there. I got to meet so many people that I. I've talked to over the last year. It was awesome. I mean, people were just like coming, like, um, oh, what's the guy's name? Ryan Thompson, uh, the guy the who does Pyro, see, friend of the show, Ryan Thompson. Uh, we interviewed him on Lara Chat. Uh, he does. He he's the guy who's doing Pyro uh, Pyro CMS now. He's the guy who ported it over to Laravel. I, I wasn't there five minutes. Guy walks up to me. Hey, dude, good to see you. I'm like, holy crap, dude. And uh, it it was uh, it was like this dude moment, you know. But uh, I had people come up to me. I mean, people who who say they listen to this show, which was weird. But um, a guy came up, Nuno, Nuna, Nuno. I'm going with Nuno. Nuno yep. or You're something. Right. Yeah, he came up and he specifically said, "Dude, I listened to PHP Ugly. We we hooked him up with some pins and some stickers." Uh, ran, I ran out of Lara Chat stickers. I, I didn't bring enough of those, and I actually probably gave out more PHP Ugly stickers at Laracon than I did at PHP Tech. Dude, you're, stop beating your cat. But uh, met a kid there, Dominic. Kid must have been. Did, were you with me when Dominic approached me, John? Yeah. He, yep. he walked up to. What do you think he was like? Thirteen, fourteen years old, younger. Probably around there. Yeah, you said you met him last year, right? No, I hadn't met him before. No. But, uh, yeah, th- this 13, 14-year-old kid who, I, I he was at Laracon last year. I remember people talking about him. Um, walked up to me. I guess he listens to uh, one of the shows, Chat or PHP Ugly. Uh, he's been coming to Laracon for a couple years now. Um, just, uh, uh, John, uh, what was the guy's name? Um, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Wheat, I think is his name. Walks up to me, and he's he's one of those guys. Uh, I I on Twitter all the time. You know, he tweets at me a lot on Twitter, and uh, he just walked. And it was funny. He's like, as soon as I saw his face, I knew exactly who the guy was. Okay, I, I didn't know his name, but I knew his Twitter handle. I'm like, oh yeah, dude, I know you from Twitter, man. And then I got to meet like all these people we've hosted uh, Lair Chat with Danny, who actually lives in New York, um, Al, who who's another regular on Lair Chat Live. Of course, I got to meet Sean. I got to meet Matt. There were just so many, so many people. T.J. Miller was there. Uh, we had him on. Uh, he's the big doctor guy. I got not the one from the Emoji Movie. No, no, that would have been awesome, wasn't it? 
Uh, get to meet uh, Freak, who's uh, who has the business uh, sp- uh, Spotty. Uh, sp- spatty? How do you pronounce that? S-P-A-T-T-Y. Spatty. That's, you got it right. Spatty. Yeah. He does. He does a ton of uh, open source uh, stuff, and he's actually one of the things I, I was trying to pattern some of the Diego Dev stuff off of the way he was doing a bunch of open source um, packages for Laravel. But got to meet him. He was super friendly. He was all buddy buddy. Uh, got to meet um, uh, Bo, who does um, that podcast. Uh, that, that's another really good one. I mean, there was just so many people, and they they were all so approachable. Of course, Taylor. Uh, we sat next next to Jeffrey Way, which was which was fun. Jeffrey Way actually joked around. Okay. With us a little bit. Did you sit next to Jeffrey Way while you could see Taylor? Could you see them both at <laughs> the same time? Could not. That that would be a big negative there, uh, uh, Thomas. <sighs> that's, that's still. You got to you got to be more gentle with that uh, glass of uh, whiskey there. You keep no, slamming it on your it's mic. It's well, empty. then you got to carefully gets, refill that's it. That's why it gets slammed. God damn it! I drink whiskey and this stuff. It, it, was, it was a lot of it was a lot of fun talking to Jeff Jeffrey. He uh, just moved to Florida, not far from where I lived. There has kids around my kids' age. So, nice little connection there. Got to chat for a while. Uh, there it's was all about some the kids. There was some big actual news at Laracon. Uh, Taylor introduced Laravel Horizon. I wouldn't say it was big news, but yeah, there he's was a, there was some small te- news. He's teasing it. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess he made it big I mean, news by just teasing it forever. Yeah, I mean Laravel Horizon it, again. You know. If you work a lot with queues, it's going to be beneficial to have. It's it's definitely a nice to have, but it's not a game changer. It's not like, oh my God, this is awesome. And for the people who don't use queues in their application, it's it's a, a non-event. I, I actually... I mean, it, I... I can actually say I'm in a use case for this where it is a bit of a game changer. I don't know um, about game changer. We, we're in a use case of it where we wish we had had it a couple of weeks ago because we were having problems with queues. It would have been nice to monitor it. But how, how is it a game changer even if you're a big queue person? Because if you are a big queue person, you get metrics out of jobs being executed um, that you mm-hmm. normally could never get. Um, things like execution time per job, you can flag uh, certain lengths of time as meaning long running, so you can get notifications about long running jobs. Um, you know, queues are one of those things that operate very blindly. A customer never sees it, and an administrator never sees it. They just run on the server. Um, so this gives you an insight into something that normally you had no insight into. Uh, you could do a top on your machine and see which processes were running long or which processes were eating RAM or CPU or whatever. But uh, with with Horizon, you can actually see which job is taking too long, why it's taking too long. You can get data out of the job. Um, uh, so it's... I, I don't know if you get data out of the job. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it has full I, access to the job. To using it. I'm looking forward to using it. I mean, we... Like I said, we were in a situation about a week or a couple of weeks ago where we really could have used this. It was, um, and, w- and we actually wrote some clunky scripts around just monitoring our job queue to make sure the queue wasn't getting hung up. 
So it it's going to be nice to have, and I, I think there is a niche group that that's going to be happy to have it. But it's not like Passport or or even or even Cashier. Um, no, what's the other one? The paid one, Spark. Spark. It's not like Passport, I... or Spark, or any of those that were like, oh, you know, I hey, I can actually do something now, and and you know, it's just yeah, it's it's a nice yeah. to have. It's it's. Now, here, here's the caveat, though. As much as it would be a great thing and a game-changer for me, we're totally unable to use it. Why? Don't say the driver. Uh, no. It, it, first off, it, it took me about six hours to get it configured in a way where I could monitor what it was I was intending to monitor before I realized that Horizon itself is running the jobs. It's running what used to be queue workers. And so you can only have one server running your jobs what the the server that is it doesn't it doesn't just tie into the queue to monitor it does not it it is it is actually executing the job workers um that's how it's getting its metrics correct so it's monitor it's it's m timing and var dumping jobs as they're executed by it you cannot run it as a standalone monitor and have job servers report to it. So, as cool as it is, has zero application in an environment where you have multiple servers running jobs. Now, it can, it can connect to multiple Redis servers, but multiple Redis servers is completely besides the point. You, load balancing Redis servers is on its own thing. It already does that. Redis is built to load balance. Uh, when you want to load balance your job workers, Horizon is unfortunately right now not the solution. Um, although it is still in beta, but having spent the time on it, you know, basically a day and a half uh, getting it up and running and reviewing it, it's not going to provide anything for our environment because we run email queue handlers on one server and image processing handlers on another and user subscription processing on a third. And Horizon just can't. Um, I'm curious. Um, did you read the uh, the Medium article on Horizon? No, I didn't know the that. Oh, that? yes. No, that, that's yeah. That's the, the one I, I read when he announced it. Yeah. Did, did you notice there's a, there's a phone number in there? I wonder where if it's his. There's a phone number in here. Go down to. Oh, go down oh God. Down. Is that what was being tweeted out the other day? So somebody. It's, Somebody took a <laughs> somebody took offense to a, a phone number being included in a in a talk. Uh, it's still up there. I can still see, see it. Area code. What was it? Two hundred three. Is that it? Two hundred three. I wonder if that's Arkansas. Let me see real fast. If that's Arkansas, because that's where he's at. Area code two hundred three is North America, Connecticut. Nope, that's not. I mean, it could could still be his, but I know he's in Arkansas. So, I don't know. Maybe that's just yeah. a number. So, Horizon's cool. Really like the idea. Uh, wish I could implement it, but I cannot in any way. Yep. Oh, you know what know. that? You know what that? That phone number is probably a Twilio number. It's notifying you yeah. that there's yeah. something going on. But still, it's I mean, that's my thing. Is that in, in all the announcements, in the Medium article, in all the coverage I've seen, it doesn't say. Horizon replaces your queue workers. It just mm-hmm. says Horizon monitors your queue workers, which that it does not do. It 
it executes and manages queue workers on one server. Yeah. And I need to look into it. It's a I, disappointment. I really want, I really want this. Um, I mean, that that might not necessarily be a a, a, a no go for us. I, I've got to look at our, the implementation, but yeah. Also, it has so to yeah, be installed her... on the project that it's monitoring. And it's running on Laravel five five, which requires five seven. No, five. Uh, he he corrected himself. Five four. He wrote it in five four. Really? Oh, yeah. He. So when he made the announcement, he said it was 5.5, and either, I think it was the next day, he he said, he went back and looked and realized he wrote it on 5.4. That Medium article so still says 5.5. Yeah. Is it? He said it should be doable on 5.4. I'm looking at ComposerJSON, and ComposerJSON says... It doesn't say. <laughs> Does it Either way. Seven? Seven one actually is what it says. Hmm. Yep, so I, I, I was excited to see the JetBrains developer ecosystem survey. <laughs> Did you guys look at this? Is that is that I, still I, so? Man, that that's from a while. I figured you guys would have talked about that already. I, no, I, this is last I, week. I, I, no, I put it up in uh, in our general Slack. I think. And I meant to put it on the show notes for the last episode and completely forgot. <laughs> well, I did it for you. Here's here's something really that. surprising. In the JetBrains developer ecosystem survey, the most popular IDE was the JetBrains IDE. No What? Way. That right. can't be right. That seems craziness. Okay, but yeah. if I remember if I remember correctly, I'm trying to find it. Actually, this looks different than what I, I saw. Maybe I was looking at something different. I think so. This is newer. Yeah, because this is not what... Because the one I was looking at talked about um, how... Uh, wait, wait. Maybe it was Fun Facts. Let me see. Let me find it here. Uh, where do you see the uh, IDE uh, reference? It's like right there. It's kind of right there. At the, the, top. First, the first thing. Well, which I... version of PHP, which frameworks, and then which editor? Oh, you're, you're in PHP specifically. Right. Well... Welcome to PHP Ugly. <laughs> okay. Well, I I was looking at yeah. Here we go. Notepad plus plus is number three. Really, really. Notepad plus plus. There's we there's had a developer that... that was using that. And I don't yeah, know that why. doesn't surprise me too much. It's got a good plugin system what? with an active environment. Surprised the hell out of me. Surprised yeah, when you're looking for free, it's one of the top on the list. I mean, below that is Vim, and I don't think I know anyone who uses Vim anymore. Screw you, screw you, man! Screw you, man! <laughs> Zend Studio at number bottom, whatever, whatever number these are. Zend Studio has two percent. That surprises me. It does because it's not cheap, right? <laughs> oh wait, I guess that does make sense. Gets more expensive the further down you go. Oh no, it goes from expensive to free, 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 really expensive. Yeah. So PHP, as far as primary programming language, PHP ranked number three, which I'm okay with. Number one was Java, which isn't a big surprise. 
JavaScript was number two, which is, okay, everybody does JavaScript. Whether you're a PHP developer, a Rails developer, a Python, you probably do JavaScript. So JavaScript was number two. PHP was number three. Python, four. Then there's a huge drop-off. Oh, well, C-sharp is... Uh, is uh number uh whatever whatever number i was next five yeah five this really does pretty this looks like a this looks like a demo page for all the different ways you could graph something it really does (laughs) like they never use the same graph type twice no no they really don't Um, yeah, I'm going to tell you something right now, though, speaking from practical experience, first thing, if you're a PHP developer today in this day and age, and you're good on any level, you should not be looking for work because we cannot find really strong PHP developers and even the not strong PHP developers all seem to be booked. I mean, there's just like the the market right now, uh, at, at least the PHP developer market. Man, it seems to be a good space to be in because everybody seems pretty gainfully employed, and the rates and the rates not, that we are getting quote. If if you're not, talk to us. What's not talking? <laughs> the, the 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 rates we're being quote quoted are just crazy. It's like, and we run a business and and we're constantly being told by clients that our rates are too high, but I know they're not because just going out and talking to developers and finding out what their rates are, it's just, it's just crazy. But if you're not going to do PHP development, by God, please do mobile development. There is such a need and and I'm not even talking about native mobile anymore. Get into one of these JavaScript framework mobile development platforms because that market is just absolutely insane. We have so many clients. Every client we have now wants mobile development done. And it's just it's just this mad rush and there's just not that much talent out there. If you're if you're looking to if you want to make a living coding, writing code, become a PHP developer primary, become a mobile developer, and I can I can promise you you will never go hungry again. You might work on some garbage, but you'll never go hungry. That's true. <laughs> so one of garbage. Before we get off of this, uh, I just looked at Target Mobile OS, and it has Android at eighty four percent, where iOS is only fifty eight percent. That shocks me because so many, really? especially mobile shops that I've talked to, they always target iOS first, followed by Android. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know how, how much uh, stock I put into these stats, but they're always fun to look at. Demographic, demographics, what do we got here? Full-time employed by a company or organization, 67%. Really? Freelancers are only, only make up 6%? What? What? Self-employed. So what's the difference between a self-employed and a freelancer? A self-employed is fifteen percent and a, a drop-down option. Maybe a self-employed <laughs> is you're working on your own project. I guess maybe you're not taking money from other people. I think some freelancers don't consider themselves self-employed. I think that's the only difference. How many people work for a company or or or, or an organization? I, I don't know how to read this one. 
23%. So I'm looking at demographics, and about halfway down it says... How many people work for your company? For your company or organization? Oh, I see. 2 to 10, 14%. Okay, now that makes sense. Yeah, okay, all right. More than 5,000, 16%. Wow, that's, those are some big companies out there. 15% of people have been working in the industry for less than a year. That seems crazy. Well, no, cause we, we heard an interesting stat. Actually, maybe we didn't. I was watching uh, some YouTube videos, and the number of developers doubles every, I think he said, five years. Which means, at almost at any given time, more than half of the the pool of developers are have less than five years experience. That's good news for me. What agile software development framework do you use? Thirty two percent say none. Forty one percent say scrum. Huh. Okay, enough of this one. Next Fun numbers. Numbers, numbers, I, numbers. All the rest of these cards are mine, so I'm I'm just gonna let one of you guys pick a card. Any card. All right, so that one. I want to hear about this. I have a problem with... Actually, it makes sense. I have a problem with the Internet of Things. Things that are no smart, really? but have, have no... Things that are smart, but have no right in being smart. <laughs> and I saw something that, that took one of the oldest technologies I know of that is still in wide use today... And added Wi-Fi to it. And it wasn't a smart device, even. It was just a Wi-Fi-enabled crockpot. For the for the times you want to start your dinner. Do you understand how a crockpot? Yeah, you understand how a crockpot works. It's meant to be a very slow cook. So right, yeah. Why a cook a cook that's that? a cook that is so slow. That after it's done cooking, you can just leave it indefinitely, and it will remain a cooked thing in a hot bowl. That, indefinitely. <laughs> damn near. That, it doesn't work. <laughs> but, I mean, it was... It, I saw this at Walmart. I, I heard that... Um, well, that was your first problem. So dumb. Wi-Fi crockpots uh, map your plumbing. Here's the thing, though. When you when you hook up a heating element capable of cooking to the Wi-Fi, and then it has some kind of security problem, that's a house-burning-down level of vulnerability. Don't, don't put Wi-Fi in heating elements. Don't. <laughs> All right, let's... He's got a point there. He's got a point. <laughs> <laughs> give me the give me the scoop on this next card. What's this? This is brilliant. So, okay. do you no one no one reads terms and conditions. Um to the point where it's actually been legally defined that the the customer doesn't even have to see the terms and conditions because they wouldn't have read them anyways. So, like when CompUSA receives HP printer cartridges, there is an end user license on the package they receive that the customer agrees to by purchasing it from CompUSA. Some crazy legal dances, whatever. However, someone decided they were going to push this um, a little extra further. Uh, A company that 
hosts Wi-Fi for different brands like Legoland, which we have in San Diego, uh, Outback Steakhouse, stuff like that. Uh, the company's name is Purple, and they changed their terms of service. And they even put a little note that said, if you notice the change in their terms of service, you want a reward. Um, one person saw the change in the terms of service. Uh, 22,000 people agreed to the terms of service. Uh, and the change was small. It uh, simply stated that the, the person who was using the Wi-Fi at the location was required to execute a thousand hours of community service, including but not limited to cleaning toilets at festivals, scraping chewing gum off the streets, and quote-unquote manually relieving sewer blockages. <laughs> I want to see them enforce it. That's the question, though. I mean, that's really what they were saying, is that these terms and services, when is it unenforceable? If they were to pick one person, if they knew a specific user and said, all right, we're, we're keeping you to your word, time to do a thousand hours of community service. It, it's, it's obvious that they wouldn't be able to enforce this, theoretically. I mean, this year, things that I had assumed were obvious have become not obvious, but... <laughs> But the thing is, is they could go after one person. They could try to force that one person to do a thousand hours. And then in winning this, that case, they could go after everybody else. Or they could prove that terms of service are completely non-binding, which means that arbitration clauses in things like Comcast and AT&T contracts are not binding, which means that the whole legal system is upside down and wrong. Um, and they're not the first company to do this. Uh, there was another company that that gave you free Wi-Fi in exchange for your firstborn child. <laughs> uh, they called it the Herod Clause, which I think is fantastic. So it, what clause? Herod, uh, king king of Judea, who tried to kill Jesus by ordering the death of all the children under the age of two in Bethlehem. Okay. Come on, dude. Basic biblical knowledge. So, yeah, I mean, they basically went out and proved that contracts that have a checkbox at the bottom are just unenforceable. What does that mean now? There's not a whole lot. All right. Bring it back you want to get back PHP? to PHP? Back to PHP! Um, I gave a talk about 7.0 PHP 7 and why it was such a big deal and the bulk of that talk was because it's faster like way 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 faster why wouldn't you upgrade it's way 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 faster it's free money your servers are going to lighten up it's faster and faster? much faster uh, and so since PHP 7.2 is now officially in beta uh, people are starting to give it some benchmarks and PHP 7.2 is faster than 7.1, which was faster than 7.0. So PHP is still speeding up, uh, which is good news for us PHP developers. The faster the faster PHP is, the better the adoption is going to be, and the better the uh, reason for using it. So you would, so you would think. 
I have stories. Go on. Nah, it's <laughs> not for the air, though. <laughs> yeah, so it's good to see uh, performance is continuing to improve. Um, PHP 7.2 running PHP Bench is around 13% faster than 7.1, uh, 20% faster than 7.0, uh, and compared to 5.6, it's a 2.6 times difference. Fascinating. If you guys know any JavaScript, 2.6 times faster is three times faster. Hey, are we sticking with Doom and Gloom, or do you want to go back to Laravel Talk? Oh man, you Pretty know the time. answer. To, you know the answer to that question, though. All right, let's go there. You know I love my doom and gloom. Uh, Verizon, <clears throat> yeah, Verizon decided that since we were testing neutral net neutrality in uh, the courts lately, they were going to actually run a test on it, and they started throttling Netflix subscribers and YouTube subscribers, and then said it was an accident, and then said it was a test, and. Yeah, they're starting to shape traffic and not tell their users, which is a is current it? violation of the Title II security of the internet. But nothing's going to happen. No, because... it's, we can totally trust them. They're they're a big company. We can trust them. They yeah. they have our best intentions in mind. That was weird. Yeah. I was expecting more out of you on that one. I'm a little All right, burned let's go. out. Well, see, this one has an addendum to it. An addendum. Uh, an addendum to it. You got to read the comments on this one. So there was an interview with Roomba's uh, CFO. <laughs> I just read your comment. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Psych. Psych. <laughs> no, that's what happened. So the, there was an interview with uh, the CEO of Roomba who said, yeah, the the new version of Roomba it creates 3D maps of the environment that it uh, surveys, and we can use that information to market to other providers of Internet of Things devices to help map things and do things. And people really locked onto the monetizing of the layout of your house as a bad thing, since <laughs> that's a bad thing. Why would they do that? Yeah. Um, you know, Roomba, which is owned by iRobot, just doing horribly bad, getting getting crushed in the marketplace by uh, dogs. But don't we already know that iRobot takes out, tries to take over the world? Is it wasn't that what that movie was about? No, iRobot becomes self aware and tries to market the shape of your house. Jeez, oh, I know. It's gonna team up with my microwave and give three D imagery of the inside of my house. It's an excellent all the callback. All the start your crockpot. That's right. <laughs> no, to stop your crockpot from killing your family. It turns out that it's iRobot versus the crockpots. That's the future we live in. That's, um, that's our, those are our Terminators? Yeah. yeah right. You saw Terminator 3, right? iRobot? <laughs> so so a, a couple days after this... Uh, a couple days after this story aired, the CEO did another interview, said, no, 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 we're not going to do that. The wording is incorrect. We're totally going to do that. <laughs> um, which is my favorite version of a retraction from a tech executive, which is when they say, no, that's not what I meant, but it is. 
so far I have that from Comcast, AT&T, and now I have it from iRobot, which <laughs> I'm just building a collection of, of people who say, no, man, you don't get it. We want money. Uh, oh, man, I'm so happy to be back talking to you guys. My life feels the- so much more complete now. Yeah, uh, you get to say, if that's what Tom thinks doom and gloom is, then I'm doing great. Doing great. <laughs> doing great. Life is so it good. It was light. <laughs> All right. Okay, anything else? Anything else that we want to talk about? Because we're right I've about an hour. I've got one more survey for you. That was a rhetorical question, Thomas. God damn. What is your survey? What packages do you install on every Laravel application you create? I love this one. I love this question because this is how I discover new tools is by a hundred people saying, I can't believe you're not using this. And me saying, I didn't even know it existed. The debug stuff would be, would be a big one. Yeah. I I think the top three Laravel debug bar, IDE helper and Laravel collective HTML. I already do that. Um, Laravel collective. That's another thing. Laravel Collective HTML, no mention of of the efforts of Laravel Collective at all in the conference. Period. That's all I'm saying about that. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. So those are all good. Um, what else is on here? You can't even read this one. I need, I need to go to the article here. Intervention image, which I deal with a lot. You know, uh, what, Laravel... you know what I'm becoming a big fan of is uh, the UUID stuff. Is that on here? Freaking UUIDs, man. That's that, Those are my new IDs. I, I, I'm done using database IDs. Everything is going to be UUID moving forward. No, I don't see it on here. Yeah, you don't, do you? Fractal, that makes sense. Fractal is another big one you probably use a lot. Fractal is, is list, an API thing. I don't use Fractal, actually. I probably should. Yeah, that's, What does Fractal that's, give you? So when, whenever you want to like do a transformer of an API call, so you want to return an API, but you want to kind of change what's the wording of what's being returned. Like maybe you don't want um, F name John return. You want it to return first underscore name. Uh, Fractal allows you to do that as a standard and helps you with that transformation. Um, so if you write APIs, you use Fractal probably. Freak Mers, you were talking about him earlier. Spatty. The guy's... He's all over the place, man. He's a maniac with his development. Uh, um, <clears throat> Laravel backup, Yajira data tables, which I'm, oh my god, I'm so in love with. Do you What's guys this? use that at all? It's just uh, spreadsheeting for for reports and layouts, and it's just like inserting a little spreadsheet onto your onto your page. I use it in all my admin tools. It's Fantastic. Oh, using data tables for a client, actually. I'm not using... Oh, it's the best. Well, the one we're using is uh, Vue.js based, though. Right. We're using. We're using. It's probably a fork. View. You're a fork. I, I thought it was a spoon. Uh, Clockwork, which is another uh, debug bar tool. A Laravel the, decomposer. Actually, that's one I want. So, so Clockwork I like because that's actually a Chrome. It, it plugs it. It integrates into your Chrome inspector, and it doesn't give you that uh, that stuff at the bottom uh, like the other one does. I, I like Clockwork. That's that's the one I pre- actually prefer. Um, Laravel Deployer. 5 Deployer. 
health monitor. We use that actually. That's, that's Laravel tail. I'll look at a few of these. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of good stuff in here. I mean, this is just to me. This Again, is just a discovery tool. Spatty. Laravel tail. Spat. So many of these are, are that is that freak is freak man. That, that dude. That's all he does is write plugins and tools well, for Laravel. It, it's his. It's his. Well, it's his company. Didn't he say he had like. A ton of developers working for him. I forgot the number, but it, I think it's he a said big company. Only like five. No, I don't think so. I could have been wrong. I could be wrong. I've known be wrong before, but I, I don't think it was a big company. I think he only had like five yeah. or. I see. I seem to recall when he said it, thinking we got more developers than he has. Why does he got so many more cool things? We need to raise our rates. Well, and he's in Antwerp, or or, or hire better developers. Sorry, guys. It was a joke. It was a joke. That's hurtful. We got to meet one of. So what was cool is we actually got to meet our newest developer. So we John and I onboarded a developer a couple weeks back, and uh, a month back. Yeah, yeah. He he's been getting up to speed and everything. Um, Got high hopes for the guy. He seems to really be passionate and interested in the work. and then I'm I'm having a conversation with him, and turns out I I realize he's going to Laracon. I'm like, dude, if this is something that he had planned before we hired him, doing it on his own dime. But I mean, that's that's where he was in his like development life cycle. He was kind of hungry for this knowledge and kind of going after it. So so we John and I got the got him got to meet him. He, he lives up in Berkeley, so he's not a local here to San Diego. Um, so we got to meet him in New York. It was cool. Just saying. It's cool things. There were good things that happened out of New York. There were not so, some great things that happened in New York. Okay. <laughs> Don't everyone speak at once. Well, I think you're right. There's only five people. That's yeah, crazy. I, yeah, it is nuts. All right. Anything else? Do you want to talk uh, about? Let me check now. Check now. I'm I'm Check. amazed that you guys let me burn through all my doom and gloom because I've built up co- a collection over two the, weeks. The least I can do, and I appreciate you two holding down the fort while we're gone. Even though you only did one show, it was still one show. I'm proud of you too. <laughs> I was gonna do a doom and gloom only episode with just me, just covering the doom and gloom news. I got a yeah. lot of support for that. Yeah. But it turns you out that support do. is not what motivates me. <laughs> so i apologize yes. to all all my doom and gloom fans i appreciate your support but we, naps we definitely are, get a lot of, naps are lot good of too. tweets lots of tweets lots of when people come up and talk to me doom and gloom is usually one of the first couple things they say to me more doom and gloom doom and gloom <laughs> And I, I have to give credit did, to you. You you named it. I did name it. Yeah, yeah. You did. There was a on a on a dark Thursday a year ago. You said, "Oh God damn it, more doom and gloom from Tom." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I think that was good, man. It's nice to be back, and uh, I think right. uh, we'll get back on our normal schedule next week, where we'll go back to recording on Thursdays and. Life will be good. Yeah, there's there's a wave building to, towards a uh, 
uh, an announcement that we'll have in a week or two. <laughs> that was gonna, very so, good. So I'm keep it. Yeah, I'm gonna so edit keep that paying out. attention. Just... <laughs> <laughs> it could be like Horizon. We could just talk about it for the next year, and then when it kind of you know when we actually announce it, it's kind of like, oh, okay, Is uh, that, that's like an so iPod that was, shuffle. That was, right? that was dumb. What a slight disappointment. <laughs> All right, everybody. I appreciate uh, you uh, tuning back in. Happy to be back. Back on a normal schedule. I'm Eric Van Johnson. I'm John Conger. I'm Tom Rideout. Keep it ugly. Keep it ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Show notes can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or directly off the PHP Ugly RSS feed. A rating of five stars on iTunes is appreciated. Submit articles to phpugly at reddit.com slash r slash phpugly. Until next week, keep it ugly.